This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. We have six teams on by, so we have to make sure to get the right guys off of waivers while balancing it out with stashes for later on in the year. Let's get into Week 7's top waiver wire ads. Just a few notes from Monday Night Football. Joshua Palmer is the guy there outside of Keenan Allen. Quentin Johnson ran half the routes Palmer and Allen ran. That just tells me that they're not trying to get him too involved. Uh, coming out of the bye, that's not a great sign for Quentin Johnston. I, I initially had him as one of my top waiver wire pickups this week because he's still not rostered in more than 50% of leagues, but I moved him way down. You know, So uh, he didn't even catch a pass you know, on one real target last night. That's not good to see at all. Tony Pollard and CeeDee Lamb had solid nights, but man, Lamb had the production, but only saw a 23% target share, only 22% coming into the week. You know, this is not a wide receiver one type of stuff. So I might be looking to move Lamb after this game if I can. Probably more to come tomorrow on the buy-sell episode. I think he's going to be one of my guys to sell. Uh, we'll see. Tune in for that episode tomorrow. Um, also, Jake Ferguson only had one catch on one target. But his route participation went up again after week five. Week four, he was at 67%. Week five, he was at 73%. And then last night, he went all the way up to 84%. That's very, very solid. He just didn't get the targets. Uh, I think if this route participation sticks, those targets will come. We know Dak likes his tight end. He just didn't target him in this game. So I'd hold Ferguson another week if I can. And if he gets dropped, I'd definitely pick him up. A few pieces of news before we get into waivers. It's looking like Leonard Fournette. We'll be visiting the Bills today. I'd pick him up in deeper leagues. It's very possible he ends up with a solid role at some point on a good offense here. Uh, the problem is how long do we have to wait until he becomes fantasy relevant, right, if he does. Uh, he's not a must pickup for me by any means, but in a lot of leagues where most of the waiver wire pickups I talk about today are already rostered, he probably should be an option for you. It's looking like Anthony Richardson will be missing the rest of the season. Uh, he's likely going to undergo, undergo season-ending shoulder surgery at some point this week, which absolutely sucks. Like He was on his way to having a ridiculous year. Uh, could have even finished as the overall fantasy QB1. Uh, hopefully, the surgery doesn't affect him long-term, but for now, it's the Gardner Minshew show. Uh, Michael Pittman's upside has probably decreased a bit, you know, given Minshew won't throw it downfield as often, but he'll likely have a solid floor regardless. 
No word on whether Christian McCaffrey will miss this week or not, but they do have two weeks until the bye. It is possible they shut him down to get the rest, but no word on that. That's just speculation by me. Uh, But regardless, I'm still picking up Elijah Mitchell. Uh, More on that in a bit. David Montgomery will be out for a little bit, according to Dan Campbell. They also have two games before their bye, so my guess is that we won't see him until week 10. Uh, Campbell did say that Gibbs is trending towards returning this week, but keep an eye on Craig Reynolds on waivers as well. Kyron Williams is expected to miss this week. They're calling it a regular ankle sprain, uh, but it is strange pretty much ruling him, you know, ruling him out like so early, like in the week on a Monday. Um, if this is just a regular ankle sprain, that's that's the hope. Um, Zach Evans is next up, and they also have Royce Freeman, who will likely be called up from the practice squad. Uh, so we'll get into that in a little bit. Justin Fields is doubtful this week with the thumb injury. Be prepared to be without him this week. Be prepared for DJ Moore to take a hit. I'm going to probably move more to a wide receiver three this week after ranking him as a wide receiver one going into week six. Um the hope is that Fields will be back at some point. There is no timeline on his return at this point, and the hope is that there's no surgery, but it, it's still on the table with this type of injury, but they're probably not going to make that call for a couple of weeks potentially. Our number one waiver wire ad this week is Elijah Mitchell. Do we know for sure that Christian McCaffrey is missing this week? No. Do we know for sure that it'll be Elijah Mitchell getting the bulk of the work and not Jordan Mason? No, but we do have reason to believe it'll be him. So when asked about this running back situation after that game, 49ers head coach Kyle Shanahan said that Mitchell didn't practice until later in the week last week, and that's why Mason was the one getting the work once McCaffrey left the game. They love Mitchell. He mixed in before McCaffrey got hurt on Sunday. So I'm grabbing him in case they shut shut down CMC for the first two games. So I'm grabbing him in case they shut down CMC for the two games before their week nine bye. Uh, But no, I'm not breaking the bank for Mitchell, given we still don't know whether McCaffrey will miss time. My number two waiver wire pickup this week is Michael Mayer. Mayer was an extremely productive tight end and a very good prospect coming into the NFL, and he's now moving ahead of Austin Hooper. It started in week five when it was a 50-50 split in route participation between these two tight ends, and he took a clear lead this past week. Uh, He ran 22 routes to only nine for Hooper. That gives him a solid 67% route participation. Definitely something to build on, but his 27% targets per route run in week six makes him start worthy already. So if you're in need of a tight end, he should be near the top of your list this week. Our sponsor for this episode is Better Vision. It's an app that allows you to keep track of all of your bets in one place. If you have accounts on all of these different sports books, you have to switch between them to see whether you're up or not. You lose track of where you play certain bets, And it gets confusing, but not anymore, not with better vision. All of your bets are tracked in one place. And not only that, the best part is better vision will let you know which betting platforms have the best odds for certain bets. All right. So if you like a play, normally you would look through all of your apps one by one to see which one has the best odds. Uh, And then you end up playing on that app. But why not have a side-by-side comparison all on one screen within one app? And then you just click on the bet that you want to make within better vision and you're good to go. Okay, go check it out. It's completely free. Go to bettervision.us or go to the App Store and search Better Vision. That's better with an O. So B-E-T-T-O-R Vision in the App Store today. We have Curtis Samuel at number three. 
Someone please tell me why Curtis Samuel has been the best fantasy wide receiver on the commanders when they have Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson, right? At this point, we're going to take it on the chin. Let's get with the program. Samuel had three top 20 PPR finishes uh, at the wide receiver position over the last three weeks. So if you need someone to plug in right away, he's the top wide receiver ad for the week. Not too far behind at number four, we have Josh Downs. He had eight targets and a touchdown last week after a 97-yard receiving performance the week before in week five. He has a tough matchup this week against Cleveland, but Gardner Minshew is looking his way. Uh, it's looking more and more likely that Anthony Richardson is out for the year, so I'm expecting Downs to provide PPR flex value at the very least moving forward with wide receiver three upside the rest of the way. At number five, we have Rashi Rice. He still doesn't have a full-time role, but he's making the most of his opportunities. According to Fantasy Life's utilization tool, his route participation popped back up to 50%. Okay, this week, obviously still not a full-time role, still not enough to really depend on, but he's had four top 36 finishes this season regardless with that part-time role. Um, you know, given the fact that he's been targeted on 30% of his routes run, that's how he's been able to get it done. So he has a lot of room to grow. So if he's on the field more, if, if he's if his role starts to grow at some point, he has a ton of upside, potentially turning into Patrick Mahomes' number one wide receiver outside of Travis Kelsey, of course. At number six is Kareem Hunt. This was a three-man backfield before their bye, uh, but it quickly turned into a two-man backfield with Hunt getting a solid share of the running back opportunities. Uh, Jerome Ford was still the lead back, but the 56 percent to 44 percent opportunity split between these two isn't wide at all uh, especially considering the fact that hunt is looking like the primary short yardage back at this point uh, but hunt should offer flex value moving forward and you can plug him into your running back spot if you're hurting at the position at number seven we have zach evans evans hadn't hasn't had a touch all year until this past week but both Kyron williams and ronnie rivers are expected to miss this week rivers should be out several weeks with a PCL injury. So Evans has a chance to back up Kyron Williams for the foreseeable future. Uh, but with Kyron dealing with what seems like a normal ankle sprain, not a high ankle, hopefully, uh, Evans is looking like a solid one-week rental uh, on a very productive offense. Now, keep in mind, this is Sean McVay. Royce Freeman will also likely be called up from the Rams practice squad. So with Sean McVay, you never know where this will go. But I think our best guess at this situation uh, is looking like Evans is going to be the guy this week. At number eight, we have Tajay Spears. He would probably be higher on this list if he wasn't on a bye this week. You can plug him in for the rest of the year in your flex or in your RB2 spot when you're needy and you're hurting at running back. Uh, but he's someone who's worth having on your bench at the very least. He's been one of the most efficient running backs in the NFL behind Derrick Henry, which makes him a premier three-down handcuff uh, with some standalone value as well. Um, he's been on the field for 51% of snaps so far this year. Okay, so, and, and on top of that, he's been a top 30 fantasy running back for the year so far, playing behind Derrick Henry. Pretty good stuff. At number nine, hold on. If you're not subscribed to our podcast on your podcast app or you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, please make sure to subscribe if you can. It would just help us out a ton. Uh, it would really mean a lot. So we'd appreciate you guys. Back to number nine, Jamison Williams. Williams had two catches this past week, one going for a long key touchdown in this game. Uh, we don't know what kind of role he's going to play for the Lions the rest of the year. It's an extremely part-time role right now, given the fact that he only ran around on 19% of Jared Goff's dropbacks. 
Uh, this is a long-term stash for me, but because of his big playability, you can throw him in your flex hoping for that long touchdown. Uh, but just understand that in his current role, he has a weekly floor of zero fantasy points. At 10, I have Janu Smith. The Falcons run a ton of two tight end sets, but he's also splitting time with Kyle Pitts as well. Neither are getting an elite route participation. Both are hovering around 60 to 65% over the last couple of weeks, which isn't ideal, but the silver lining is that both of these guys have been getting it done lately. Janu's had three straight top 10 tight end finishes. Uh, he's had a high floor even before that. So if you need a plug and play and he's available, he's your top choice. Uh, between him and Michael Mayer, John is probably someone you can depend on a little bit more in the short term. But overall, I think Mayer is the guy I want on my squad. He's a long-term upside ad um, who you can still plug in this week if you want. At 11, we have Keontae Ingram. He was the lead back for the Cardinals, but this backfield was a little bit messy this past week. Damian Williams had nine opportunities behind Ingram. Um and, you know, Amari DeMarcado outsnapped both as the passing down back, uh, given Arizona was playing catch up in the second half. So if you're really hurting a running back, I think Ingram is in play in a solid matchup against Seattle this week. At 12, we have Jordan Mason. Uh, we He could get some run behind Elijah Mitchell. He also could be the lead back. There is some ambiguity here, given the fact that Mitchell is coming off the injury and Mason has been running really well behind McCaffrey while Mitchell uh, was banged up, right? There is a chance that Mason just sticks to special teams. Uh, if Mitchell is good to go this week, uh, he happens to shine in, on special teams. That's where his real role is at this point. So, you know, he's a boom bust pickup in case McCaffrey misses the next two weeks. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. At 13, I have Luke Musgrave. He's flying under the radar a bit. Uh, he, had, he had the concussion in week four, cleared for week five, and then he saw a very healthy 25% target share in week five before he went on by. And so because of all of that, the moving pieces, you know, he's not rostered in a ton of leagues, and he should be. You don't have tight ends getting this type of target share. Often, this can stick. He's been involved from the jump. He's had 80% plus route participation in his first three games before suffering the concussion in week four. So there is some upside here rest of season for Musgrave. At number 13, we have Salvin Ahmed. Uh, this Dolphins running game is on fire. So if he's the number two, there's a good chance he can just fall into fantasy points. Okay, there is a solid chance that Jeff Wilson is back this week. Uh, but I want to pick up Ahmed just in case Wilson isn't back. Okay, uh, if Jeff Wilson is available on your waiver wire. Uh, I would check to see if he is. He would be the top pickup on this entire list if that's the case. Uh, but, you know, he was dealing with the rib injury. Uh, just in case Wilson isn't isn't back, I'd want to pick up Ahmed, right? It's not the best matchup against the Eagles this week, but I'll take my chances with the Dolphins offense. I'll take my chances with this backfield just winning every single week. Okay, so check to see if he is available. Jackson Smith and the Jigba is at 15. 
I know it's been disappointing, but we have some glimmer of hope here for JSN. Here's why he should continue to be stashed. Okay, the Seahawks transition to mainly three wide receiver sets coming out of their bye. What does that mean? It means that JSN ran the same number of routes as Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Before the bye, he had a 24% target share and a very healthy 75% route participation. So things are trending in the right direction for him. Uh, you know, we've gotten spoiled with rookie wide receivers breaking out really early. But typically, rookie wide receivers, if they're going to break out their first year, it's usually in the second half of their rookie season. So there's still a chance for that to happen, you know, for who could still be the best wide receiver in this incoming draft class. So if you have the room, I continue to keep him stashed for the second half of the year. I have Latavius Murray at 16. Now, I know the Bills brought in Leonard Fournette for a workout, and he should be rostered as well. But as of me recording this video, he hasn't signed yet. So Murray is the guy behind James Cook while Damian Harris gets right. By the way, things are looking solid for Harris after that scary injury that forced him to leave the field in an ambulance. He is in concussion protocol, but it looks like he'll be all right. So that's good news. Uh, but for now, you know, I think Murray could end up being the primary goal line running back for a good offense, and that's worth something. So he's the, you know, he's the oldest running back in the league, but he still has something to offer. I have another Buffalo Bill at 17, and that's Dalton Kincaid. He's more of a stash for me at this point. His route participation has been all over the place, but we did see it go all the way to 79% in week four before he suffered a concussion in week five. Uh, that forced him to miss week six. It is possible that he's back this week. I'm not sure I trust him in my lineup, but I think he's more of a bench stash for me right now because fantasy managers are just dropping him. You know, there is a chance that he has a later than expected breakout, right? He's a good player. He's on a good offense. Man, like our expectations for rookie tight ends have, have increased so much this year. Like we went from completely avoiding them to wanting them to completely break out in the first six weeks of their rookie year. So let's give Kincaid a little bit of time. Um, you know, there, he was, you know, a lot of people's top tight ends, tight end going into this year, rookie tight ends, I should say, you know, so let's give him a little bit of time. He should be all right. We have three running backs to close out the top 20, Justice Hill, Craig Reynolds, and Devin Singletary. Justice Hill is probably the best combination of short-term and long-term, if that's what you're looking for. He's splitting work with Gus Edwards. He's the guy he's, who's being used in the receiving game. Singletary's on by, so he might be last on your priority list if you need a running back right now. However, he's the guy I am grabbing right behind Justin, Justice Hill as the second-best long-term option after him. Um, so Damian Pierce and Singletary split work. You know, based on their head coach's comments about what he saw after this game, it seemed like this committee isn't going anywhere, okay? Houston also has some great matchups for running backs after the bye, um, so that's something to keep in mind. With David Montgomery out for the Lions for the next couple of games, potentially, Craig Reynolds could see some work, but how much work would depend on, you know, whether J Jameer Gibbs is back this week. Uh, their head coach, Dan Campbell did say that Gibbs is trending in the right direction to play, which would mean that Reynolds might not see a whole lot of work. But I also wouldn't be surprised if he's the one who saw goal line carries in Gibbs' first week back. Uh, there's also a chance that Gibbs is not able to return this week. Okay, so it is worth rostering Reynolds until we see Gibbs potentially get some full practices in. If you want our full waiver wire rankings, waiver wire articles, weekly rankings, our daily free newsletter straight to your inbox every single day, and a lot more, check out upperhandfantasy.com. Uh, thanks so much for your time, and good luck on waivers. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 